one of my favorite stories is sitting in an architect's office for two days waiting to get the appointment. And uh, finally the guy saw me and he's like, yeah, we're not interested. And I thought, man, architects are <laughs> beep. Um, so now the architects sit in my office. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the CRE Project Podcast. Hey CRE Project Podcast listeners, Clayton and I thank you for being on here today. We are extremely excited about our show. Today we're going to be talking with Anthony Johnson, who is the president of Pegasus Retail Group based here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Anthony has been a staple in the retail real estate community for almost 30 years and has specialized in big box work, development, tenant rep, brokerage, amongst many other uh, uh, endeavors. And we are thrilled to have him on here. This is going to be content rich, no fluff, full of gold. Thanks for being here. And here we go. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Super excited for today's episode. We are here with the one and only Anthony Johnson, which is the president of one of the largest and most dynamic retail firms in New Mexico, Pegasus Retail. Uh, Anthony is a very dynamic broker, has been in the business for several years, has done several ground up projects uh, and handles multiple high caliber uh, tenant accounts as well. Uh, has done everything from quick service restaurants to junior boxes to anchor space to redevelopment. So today should just be a, a, just an awesome episode. So thanks for being here, Anthony. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. So uh, starting off, why don't you just give us a brief background on uh, who you are and how you got started in the business? I um, got started at a little firm called, uh, then was called Coldwell Banker Commercial. And um, we evolved into, of course, CB and CBRE. I was there for nine years, 11 months, two weeks, um, and then went over to... That's precise. Um, <laughs> yeah, I left on July. Uh, I said left on July 2nd. And my son was born July 6th. And then, Exciting uh, times. yeah, and then two months later, some planes crashed into buildings and that changed was a, everything. Changed the world. It yeah. was scary. Um, but uh, uh, at that time, in September 11th timeframe, I was over at Sedbury and Associates. Uh, John, a very good friend of mine and one of my early mentors at uh, CB. Um, and um, it was time for me to make a move away from the big green machine and uh, had nine years of good times and, uh, and great, great learning with uh, Sedbury. In February of 11, um, right in the middle of it all, I decided it was time to go do my own thing and um, opened and started Pegasus 
with uh, Kira Wiggy and uh, another broker who's no longer in the industry. So it's just three of us that got after it. And uh, here we are eight years later. And believe it or not, yeah, we're, we're excited. We're, we're blessed. We've got uh, wonderful, as Clayton mentioned, wonderful um, clients, both on the retail side and uh, retailer side, rather, and also on the uh, ownership side. And um, we, we look to continue to grow and, um, and do things and, and as many markets as we can touch. So what'd you do prior? Prior. Um, always a fun one so I mean, have you always been in sales yeah i was always in sales i was trained um actually trained through a company called um then it was called i don't even know what it, if it's still around but it was cne enterprises and they had a really really um intense training sales training program and my job at the time was a, i was a regional uh rep for a millwork company so i drove around upstate new york and northern pennsylvania and parts of uh, eastern ohio selling windows to contractors and architects and one of my favorite stories is sitting in an architect's office for two days waiting to get the appointment and uh, finally the guy saw me and he's like yeah we're not interested and i thought man architects are <laughs> Beep. Um, so now the architects sit in my office. <laughs> Roles are reversed. Now, why retail of all the different asset classes? How do you think you migrated to that segment? I don't know that there's a good answer for that other than um, my, I'd say my personality pr probably led me there. Un yeah. Unknowingly led me there. Sure. Um, like I said, Sedbury, um, and, and actually, I met with Steve Maestas, John Sedbury, and, and Kina were, were the three people that interviewed me at, at uh, Coldwell Banker back in the day. And uh, our personalities all jived. We're all about the same age. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. Can you expand on that a little bit? What do you mean personality? Um, I think there's a – I think retail brokerage um, – and again, every every asset class has its own um, type, business type, business model. Keep in mind, there was a time when all I wore was suit and tie. I mean, I was Armani and Gucci or whatever. <laughs> and I mean, I, now I own suits, but I wear them to you know, weddings and funerals. Yeah. Um, and so it's uh, evolved. Yeah, it's evolved. But anyhow, the personality. Um, it's a fast, it's a really fast paced world, as you guys know. Um, the retailers don't want to, um, they don't need to be coddled and, 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 and dealt with at high level corporate. So they want to dive right in and they want to see the market. And they want to know what's going on and know that they're working with a, a broker that gets it. So, um, you know, my, my energy, I guess, and my attitude towards it was, well, heck yeah, let's just go do it. And uh, like I said, I've been blessed. We represent a lot of people. I always tell people that retail requires a lot more finesse and it's way more strategic. And I, I feel like I personally was attracted to retail because there is so many more dynamics. It's less transactional and it's just, you know, it's a lot more fun. It's more competitive. It's just a more interesting 
you know, asset class in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. So would you, um, what percentage of the business do you think you would, uh, um, put as far as traditional transactional brokerage right now and development between those two sides of the business for you? Well, at one point in time when I was asked that question, and I guess that was around 2011, 2012, it was, I would say 50, 50. Mm-hmm. Um, we were then in the throes of doing uh, Plaza at Enchanted Hills, which Clayton and I were just talking about. Um, Winrock was in its, um, second phase of development and um gosh there was another one um well, actually, hobbs too. yeah i was gonna say we were in hobbs and clovis and with other <laughs> with these ground up deals um so those projects were consuming a lot of our time yeah. and um you know very fortunately the um both the enchanted projects and the winrock projects stuck and um but to Clayton's point, we went down a road, a rabbit hole, for two years trying to put together a Hobbs project that was going to be 250,000 square feet of power center. Blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, sure, we sure. End, you know, we all of a sudden we get a phone call from uh, one of our, 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 our dear clients, Sanjeev um, Chopra, and he, he, he says, I'm buying these Kmart's. I understand you have tenants. I'm like, oh, yeah, we do. So we've, you know, we've gone into backfill mode. So that's, I, I don't know that there's a good answer right now, uh, Gannon. I'd say that less than 20% of our business is development sure. at this point. Sure. And I think that's just a factor of the market. Correct. So. Correct. So what do you feel? Obviously, you've been super successful over the years. What do you feel that you do differently than any other broker? Hmm. I don't know that I do anything differently. I'll, I'll be honest. I think that, um, you know, the, the group of people that are, are, um, very successful in our market. And there's, there are, there are, uh, there's a nice group of us that are in retail, um, that we all look at the pie in the same way, but for different slices. And interesting. Yeah. And I think that what's where I've been successful is I've stayed in my quadrant of the pie and really just kind of hung out there. And, um, and like I said, we're very, we're blessed. I mean, I, I always say this and I've said it two or three times already is that, you know, the tenants that we represent when they, as they all do, the, the deal makers move on, well, suddenly I've got two tenants and then, you know, that, you know, it's just boom, boom, boom. And, you know, it's like, what, what are the things and the troubles, you know? Yeah, exactly. Star Trek. Wow. I just dated myself. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's what happens is that it multiplies and, and you just, you just go on and that's, uh, and then it's all timing. Like you were just saying, Clayton is when, um, you know, 20, 2008 was, was around. There was all these projects that wanted to get going. You were involved with some, my yeah. this was involved with some and, Oh, by the way, they weren't all going to happen at once in Albuquerque. So then it was just a question of which tenant could we get to step up and go into our project versus, let's say, Steve and his project or John and his project. And uh, and by the you know good grace of whatever it was at the moment, we got the projects. So, yeah. That's all. And can you give our listeners just a short list of some of your main clients? 
Let's see if this one has any of them. Um, no, I'm kidding. We represent um, Regal Cinemas. We've we've done I think four uh, Regals in New Mexico. Um, we've done Office Depot work forever, um, and of course now it's Office Depot, Office Max. We've done the TJX work um, in the market. We've we do Bed Bath and Beyond. Um, we are a we're an affiliate office of X Team, and um, that has brought new clients into our uh, into our world. So we're we're now working with At Home and um, a couple of others. Off the top of my head, I can't think of them, but um, and I try to work that through the through the shop as, as best we can. But um, the X team thing has been cool before I, lest I forget to mention it. It's, you know, we're now affiliated in 37 markets, 180 brokers, something like that. And um, in just two years, we've seen how that has really changed the way we are able to do business. And um, I strongly recommend um, visiting with me on that topic <laughs> separately to anybody who cares to, because there's a ton of opportunity in that. Uh, everything from investment sales to leasing to yeah. uh, just networking in general, just having the ability to do it um, and, and it, to do it in such a great format um, is, is really special. If, so, if somebody did want to reach out to you and talk to you about that, what's the best way for someone to get a hold of you? Um, I guess email. Um, you know, it's, and we can put that information in the show notes too. But yeah, your- I, I do that. It's just I, the volume of cell phone calls that I get is horrifying. So I just assume that not happened. Sure. So it's interesting uh, hearing your list of tenants and it kind of leads into my next question, but like office max, obviously yeah. you have regal two very transformational categories within the retail world. So Two questions I want to ask. A, how are you positioning yourself and your firm for, you know, the evolution that's happening in retail right now? Mm-hmm. And furthermore, where do you feel like retail is going to be in, you know, 10, 20 years? Where do you, what categories do you feel like are going to be most affected and are going to evolve the most? Well, I'm watching Office Depot, Office Max evolve right before our eyes. I mean, we just opened in Santa Fe. We just uh, opened at the Vargas Center. Um the new B2B uh, concept that it's the only one right now in the state. I encourage anybody who's not been go check it out. Um, I'll have to do that. Very clean. And um, in, in, you know, size wise, that's going to continue to change the, the office supply industry as a, as a whole um, got pounded by the um, category killer, certainly in the internet. Um, But there's also a need for it. And I, I can't tell you, how difficult it is for me personally, not because I represent them, but because I just don't like not being able to touch like paper and pens. I have to like literally go to office. I'm just that that's just who I am. Well, it's been interesting to me that there's that dynamic, but what I've seen is that the evolution of office has really affected that Mm -hmm. specific user. Because when I go in, it seems like, you know, back in the day, and I mean, not not far, but seven, eight years ago, when there was less remote access to office space mm-hmm. and people had to go in, the print the printing center was never like busy. They were over just twiddling their thumb. And you go into 
Oh, jamming. staples. I mean, it's packed, man. Yeah. People are printing, they're scanning, they're, you know, getting stuff made. Absolutely. I mean, so that dynamic to me was really interesting with that specific category, the office category. And I see them going from retail primarily more into like a service-based almost uh, type of category because that's that's really where the demand is with more people working remotely. We so, are doing, yeah, we're actually doing um, – deals now where we'll have um the shared work thing yeah space going on inside of the or attached to the store and so there's going to be more of that i i can almost assure you as far as regal goes um it's interesting i'm i'm sworn to secrecy on what I can't tell anybody. (laughs) So um, I will tell you that in Albuquerque, for example, um, there's going to be a major change to the um, experience and they're going to be, there's going to be a a change in the industry. I've, I've been with Regal through it all. Um, You know, they, uh, and I think it was in 99, we were getting ready or we had just signed. I think we just signed our first lease at, uh, in Uptown with Amar and uh, Martash Sr. And the next week they filed for bankruptcy. So my lease was null and void. Wow. So then think about this. In 2012, we opened in Winrock. Yeah. So that's the longest deal, by the way, I've ever worked on. Wow. 13 years. <laughs> wow. Uh, but uh, anyhow, that's, that I don't have any doubt in my mind that the uh, movie theater industry is going to survive. Um, it's recent offshoots and some of the stuff that we're seeing, I think, is well um, well intended and um, and works certainly works. I don't know that it has legs just from a pure financial perspective um, because all it takes is a season or two back to back of bad film out of Hollywood and suddenly the $8 million theater is done. Um, the $20 million theater can survive. Um, well, we've seen that already. I right. Feel like yeah. I mean, it's happening. Yeah. It's happening right before. It's already happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's interesting with the evolution of retail right now is, you know, if you have a, you know, Kmart, for example, you have them go dark you can backfill that. Right. These cinemas are such unique assets that backfilling them, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of scary, man. So it, it'll it be is. interesting to see, you know, obviously the younger generation, everything kind of going mobile, you know, the, the power of Netflix, the production of Netflix and, and like mm-hmm. formats uh, or platforms. You know, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens with. But here's what happens with that group. Okay. And this is not only in movies. Um, they absolutely will migrate out of their house once they have children. And they'll be looking for reasons to leave and, and experiences outside of the home. And um, as a matter of fact, there have been multiple, multiple articles written recently um, about the Gen Zers, Gen Zers, to be clear what mm-hmm. I'm talking about, and that how they. of Gen Zers, these are the 14 to 24s, they 81% prefer to shop in shopping centers. Think about that. That's a big stat. And you know why? Because they want to be together. Where the millennials, 
there's a big push, you know, as we all know, there was a big push for independence and the quick and the speed and the blah, blah, blah. And they didn't want to be in big crowded spaces and they, they don't want to own home. Well, guess what? Now they all own homes. Yeah. And so it's, it evolves. And I'm not, I'm not here to say that that didn't happen because, oh, by the way, it did. And it's not to say that the Zers won't go there too, but all indications are now that they're going to want to shop more, but they're going to want more experience. So to answer your question, where's it all headed? That's where it's headed. And the experiential um, retail environment will change and will continue to change. And every developer that I talk to, um, I make it very, very clear to them that you better have a plan for a go-kart track sure, or a bowling alley. Yeah. And you better have beer in your, in your arsenal because that's what people want. They want places that are socially integrated and, um, and also fun to go. Who to. do you think is a good example of that right now on a national scale? Mesa Rich is probably the best at it. And so if you look at their, their shopping centers, um, what they've done and where they are taking it, Washington prime is another one that's really, really good at it. And they've integrated, um, baseball training into some of their malls. And so what that is, is like an indoor, you know, your batting cages. Well, it used to be, you had to go down some weird alley, turn left and, you know, your kids are coming out in the middle of the night and you're worried for their safety. Well, now they're doing it in shopping centers. So, um, and it's just, that's, that whole dynamic is changing. And it used to be, as we, some of us remember, you couldn't have a health club in your shopping center. Now you better have one. It used to be that, you know, you didn't have um, karate studios and some of the other use. Well, now those are normal. And don't forget, there's this other marijuana thing coming online. Right. And that's real deal. So I expect to to see a a lot of pressure on uh, on shopping center owners to step outside their comfort zone and do things in that segment. Because, oh, by the way, they can pay a lot of rent. Yeah, for sure. Interesting take. Well, let's yeah. uh, um, let's switch really quick, switch gears a little bit. So, how is it going from being a broker to running a small business? That is a crazy question. Um, the, the I think the best way to sum it up, and I do need to wrap because um, I got to go pick up my daughter. Um, but the best way to sum that up is that you know I keep an open door, and I keep an open door for a reason because I don't want them to not come in and when you do that they constantly come in so you have to make time um to do the the work that um that you've been accustomed to doing for 20 years yeah um i wouldn't trade it for the universe i love um i love working with and and uh, owning a, a small business and and watching my brokers my team of people um succeed and grow and evolve and and hand off because at, at some point in time oh by the way there has to be a real secession plan and and you know my uh my time on on this planet and behind this desk is is limited so yeah. you know it's learning to, to 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 hand off and and work with people yeah. has been amazing so and just one more question mm-hmm. but what do you, since you've been a broker for so long, you've obviously now hired and fired several brokers. Mm-hmm. What do you feel makes a good broker and why do, you know, why do some people succeed and some people fail? Because a lot of our listeners are people that could potentially be looking to get into commercial real estate. The only thing I would tell you, anybody who comes and sits with me and, um, you know, Gannon's heard it 
Clayton, you've heard it, and Donnie, everybody's heard it, is that um, if you're looking for the fast buck, this is definitely not the gig. Um, it is a um, it's a labor of love, and you absolutely get out of it what you put into it. Um, and you know, it's not that you can't do it quickly. There's a lot of people that I've watched come into the business and leave a year and a half later with a big couple big checks in their pocket and go on to do great things. And I admire that. Um, but to be a real broker and to really be in the industry for a long time, you've got to prepare yourself for the long, weird roller coaster. But uh, it's an amazing, amazing career path. And uh, if there's one specific trait, though, what do you feel like it is? Just be driven. Just have to be driven and self-motivating. And just unpacking that real quick, and we'll let you run. We know you got to go, but what are some of your most favorite things about the business and maybe some challenges that you see for brokers coming into it? And uh, any advice that you'd give for somebody looking at maybe pursuing a career in commercial real estate? Let me start with the, the not so fun. The not so fun is you got to be organized and um, you've got to be, be able to manage your time wisely. And the biggest failure um, that I see in, in, and, and I think if you talk to anybody successful, the biggest failure is inability to manage your time and to yeah. work on, you know, work on the 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 unicorns <laughs> um, instead of the Pegasus. Um, but no, really, you've got to be, you've got to really choose your day wisely and really think about what you're pursuing because at the end of the day, time is all we really have. Yeah. And um, now, as far as the fun, it's the most uh, socially integrated. Uh, career there is you'll have some of the best dinners and the best time and the best travel uh, provided you're successful and um, I wouldn't trade any of that for the world except for when I need to get up and do it just go get my kids great (laughs) (laughs) all right man well thank you for your time we appreciate it and if uh, any of you are interested in connecting with Anthony we will put his contact information in our show notes so absolutely thanks thanks guys thank you Hey, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in. Clayton and I appreciate you spending some time with us. We hope you gained as much knowledge and information and value from Anthony as we did. Um, We appreciate you listening. If you do want to share the podcast, please feel free to hop on to the website at thecreproject.com. You can find our contact information there as well. If you have questions, concerns, thoughts, you want to collaborate on something, we are always open to new partnerships, relationships, ideas, and creativity. And uh, thanks again. We look forward to talking with you all next week.